Today, I just want you to know that this process you're in, this journey you're on, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And everything you're learning right now will help you become the person that you aspire to become. You are listening to Ambitionista, the podcast. My name is Mira Jolie. I'm your host and virtual life coach right here in your headphones whenever you need inspiration, guidance, and support. This podcast is for the aspiring entrepreneur, the millennial trailblazer, and the intersectional feminist who is seeking those answers. And you keep tuning in because you love the interviews. You love the real talk. You love the vulnerability and you love the fact that it makes you feel less alone on this journey. Not only are you going to get some incredible content by sticking around, uh, you're also encouraged to come over to ambitionista.org and plug in and get to know our online community. Drum roll, please. This is episode one. I am so excited to get started. I'm so excited to get to know you and to have a chance to let you get to know me. So what I thought I would do for this first episode is tell you a tiny bit about my philosophy and why I started this podcast, and then answer all the same questions that I would have my interviewees answer. So, you know, it's only fair if I'm going to ask all these women to answer these questions, I should probably go first. A bit about me. I'm a life coach. I am an intersectional feminist. I am a lesbian. I'm a Los Angeles dweller. I'm an entrepreneur. I am sex positive. I'm an introvert. I'm a burning man hippie nerd. Um, I eat mostly plant-based. I get around the city mostly car-free. And I'm a future foster mom. I started this podcast because while I have the word ambitionista locked down on every social network, so if you search the hashtag, you will find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, all the places, Uh, and podcasting is the future. So here we are, the Ambitionista podcast. I also, um, when I started to put feelers out that this might be a thing, my audience was a big hell yes. So that was really the push that I needed to finally go for it. So what does it mean to be an ambitionista? I believe that an ambitionista is a woman in her 20s and 30s, although, you know, you could be in your teens, you could be in your 40s and still totally identify with this label. She is someone who does not settle for the status quo. She is someone who knows she's meant to make a big impact in the world. She is someone who wants to do it in a way that is as fair and just to everyone around her as possible. She really wants to make a positive impact. And she's someone who won't take no for an answer. She's someone who goes for it, just completely goes for it. Something I'm really nerdy about uh, as a way to help you get to know me a little bit better is the Myers-Briggs personality test. If you haven't taken this test, you want to drop by 16personalities.com. It takes about 15 minutes 
and it's so insightful. Uh, I think I probably took it the first time right around the age of 29, and I don't think it was completely accurate. I think I was a little bit off, and I've taken it several times since then, and I consistently get INFJ, which means I'm an introvert. I'm intuitive. I'm a big picture outside of the box, creative, conceptual thinker. I like to um, recreate the wheel rather than doing what's always been done. I'm a feeler. I'm an empath. I'm sensitive. I really want everyone to get along and uh, my heart guides me. And I'm a judging personality. Yep, it's true. I can be kind of a judgy bitch sometimes. But I'm also very structured and organized. So anyone who knows me knows that when we make plans, the first thing I do is create a Google Calendar event and copy my friend and they get an email like five minutes later saying, you have plans with MJ. By the way, my friends call me MJ. That's probably going to come up sometimes in the future. I want to answer a couple questions from the format. And actually, I've already answered a few. So How did I find my passion? That is a question that all of us are trying to figure out, and it's something that I finally got the answer to. It took so long. It took 10 years, actually. So I'm going to take you on the odyssey of my quarter-life crisis, and it started... I'm going to say it started around the age of 23 or 24, where I decided to take a huge leap and completely change my life. I was living in Southeast Georgia, and I moved all the way across the country to Portland, Oregon, sight unseen, and I sold everything I owned except my car, my computer, my cats, and my clothes. Everything. And I started over and I was with a partner at the time and I can't even explain how the synchronicities lined up and I just kept getting these signs from the universe that I was doing exactly the right thing. So as you can tell, I'm kind of adventurous. Over the next couple of years, I, I already had this inkling that I was meant to be an entrepreneur. I'd been dabbling for years, but it was really, it was really consuming my thoughts and I was obsessed with figuring out how to get out of my corporate job and start a business. So in that journey, I ended up becoming an exotic dancer because obviously, right? But the thing is in Portland, it's just as common to know a stripper as it is to know a bartender or a server. So it was kind of the thing to do. And I was so drawn to it and I knew I would make a lot of money in a short period of time and I would be able to quit my job. And that's exactly what happened. It was a blast. I was having a wonderful time, but I knew it was temporary and I knew that it was really meant to be a tool to get me to that next level. So, so grateful for my genes, grateful for my youth and beauty, um, grateful for my health because um, there's a lot of privilege that went into that decision. And The next thing I did was start a freelance graphic design hustle, and then I launched an event planning business, and I was doing all three at the same time, and then I started to get into bartending as well, so I was basically hustling in all the ways I could to stay the F out of corporate. And around this time, I also started to realize that I'm kind of solar powered, and Portland's really cold. And really gloomy. Well, not really cold, but really gloomy for sure. 
and I started to get really sad. And not only was I starting to get really sad, I was also in a relationship that wasn't healthy. And so there was some dynamics there that were playing out that were making me miserable. And not only only that, but I also knew that all these hustles were not the final destination. I wasn't, it was fun, but it wasn't my heart's calling. It wasn't my purpose. And for those of you that are on the Myers-Briggs test with the NF in the middle of your type, uh, you're probably a lot like me. Everything that you do has to have like a big grand purpose. It has to make a difference in the world. So I felt like I was not living my purpose. And those three factors combined, living in this gloomy climate, being in a relationship that wasn't working for me, and not feeling connected to my purpose equaled bump a bum depression, like serious depression. Like I can't even look my friends in the eyes anymore. Depression, isolation, contemplating suicide. I had it narrowed down to which bridge I would jump off of. And I knew I had to make a change. So this is the the hero's journey. This is the part of the story where it's kind of amazing and it all makes sense. Everything that I had been learning up to that point did ultimately become useful to me in my current business as a life coach. I was great at consulting people. I had a background in sales and marketing. I was great at event planning and I had learned how to put myself on stages and be in front of big audiences. And well, those are the big ones. So I brought my life again, cross country from Portland, Oregon to Los Angeles, California. And when I arrived here again, I sold almost everything I owned. This time I also brought a partner, but we didn't stay together for very long. And I was literally winging it, completely winging it in one of the most expensive cities in the country. But can I tell you how much that sunshine changed my life? I needed the sunshine and I also needed a fresh start. I needed a place where people wouldn't remember me as a stripper or where people wouldn't remember me as a lesbian club promoter because I had developed quite an audience and quite a following and um, where people wouldn't remember me as one half of the couple that I was in. I didn't want to be reminded of that constantly. I'm not ashamed of any of it, but I really wanted a fresh start. So no sooner did I arrive in Los Angeles than I went through a breakup and my car got impounded. But I still feel like I was on the other side of my quarter life crisis. I had made a massive change in my life and I was ready to do it differently. And I also had up to this point been toying with the idea of becoming a life coach. I'd been interviewing life coaches and I decided to finally work with one. Actually, I started working with one before I left Portland. It was because of her guidance that I moved. And then I hired another one when I got to LA and it was because of her guidance that I finally launched my business. The business that I run now, the business that is my purpose. My purpose here is to co-create a world where ambitious women are and ambitious and diverse women in 50% of positions of leadership, influence, and power. And I'm doing that through coaching, through lifting women up, through entrepreneurship. And I couldn't be happier. This is exactly what I'm here to do. So just fast forwarding a little bit, when I got to the city, uh, I had to hustle. So I went back to the adult industry and I worked as a dominatrix for a while. 
But once again, I knew it was temporary and I used that money to pay for coaching school and to launch my website and to pay for some of the ongoing training and expenses. And as soon as I was able, I transitioned to full-time coaching. Within a couple of months of moving here, I met the person that would become my future wife. And I manifested $14,000 in ongoing education as a gift from someone that I had just met. And like I said, those synchronicities all started to line up to show me that I was on the right path. As an INFJ, I have a lot of access to my darkness. (laughs) Maybe you understand that. I think we all have it. But I think that knowing how to use your darkness and not let it consume you is really important. So if you're in a dark place and you're experiencing a quarter-life crisis right now, I want you to know you're exactly where you're meant to be. Everything is falling into place for you right now. I want you to keep listening to your intuition. She's talking to you. She's talking to you every day. And the more you ignore and dismiss her, the harder life will get. So I want you to listen. Even if the message that you're getting seems illogical or scary, I want you to listen. And I want you to take those leaps. I want you to move forward, keep one foot in front of the other, keep moving forward, even if you can't see see the whole path. You know, you're probably not going to be able to see the whole path, but as you move through this path, you're going to turn a corner and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I can see a little bit more of the path now. So trust yourself. Well, that was a long story. Um... I want to also talk to you about how I've maintained my confidence and how I've grown my confidence over the years. One of the biggest things is getting out of your comfort zone. You've probably heard this before, but I want you to actually practice this. It's one thing to know it. It's a different thing to actually do it. So some of the ways that I've gotten out of my comfort zone over the years have been holding tarantulas and snakes. Jumping out of perfectly good airplanes, aka skydiving, walking across hot coals, cage diving with great white sharks, dancing on stage naked for thousands of strangers. Yep, I did that. Shaving off all of my hair, going to Burning Man, having an ayahuasca experience in the Amazon jungle surrounded by nature. Now, a lot of these things I am so, so grateful that I have the privilege to experience. Not everyone's going to get to have the experiences that I've had, um, and I want you to be able to. So a lot of this is about your mindset. So when I talk about confidence and I talk about getting out of your comfort zone, I'm really talking about mindset. I'm talking about shifting your mental patterns, doing something to shake up your comfort zone does permanently shift your mental patterns. When you see that you can do that thing that's so scary, you feel better about yourself. You feel like you can take on the world, and that permanently shifts your confidence. My next big adventure is cycling 545 miles from San Francisco to Los Angeles in seven days and raising thousands of dollars for AIDS treatment and prevention. First of all, I've never done a marathon or anything close to it, so it's going to be scary because I'm going to have to get way outside my comfort zone on a fitness level. Also, I'm not really huge on fundraising, so raising three to $10,000 for the cause is going to be a stretch for me too. 
And I'm so excited. Wherever you are in your life right now, if you want to build confidence, I want you to identify something that freaks you out and I want you to run straight toward it. I want you to just go do it, do it scared, do it with your hands shaking, do it when you think you're about to pass out, do it anyway. And watch what happens on the other side. Watch how your confidence grows. Now, I told you a lot about my business already. And one of the questions in my format is about uh, why did you start your business? And I gave you my why. My why is about creating leaders, creating leaders and role models. I started my business in addition to that, like change the world stuff, because I wanted freedom. I wanted to be able to decide when to go to work and how much I would get paid and how often I would be allowed to take a break and who I would surround myself with. And in particular, as an introvert, I really kind of need to have control of my environment. And most of the time when you work for someone else, you don't have control. You don't know when the company's going to get bought or when your boss is going to be transitioned. You don't know what your next coworker is going to be like, because they might hire someone that you totally don't get along with. And you just have to put up with it. So yes, absolutely. I am here to change the world. And I also selfishly want to have control of my life. There's nothing selfish about that, though. That is a decision. That is a decision to be autonomous. And I want that for you, too. So you're here for that insight. You could have a business of your own. And you don't have to have all the answers right now. In fact, no one does. Just like with parenting, no one's ready to become a parent. No one's really truly ready to become an entrepreneur. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And it's so worth it. So, so worth it. So if you're on the edge, if you're tiptoeing around this idea of starting your own business, I want you to really brainstorm on the why part. And I want you to remember that being a business owner is about solving problems for other people. So figure out what problem you can solve, get all the mentorship and support you can, and go for it. I want to leave you with a couple of book recommendations. And the first one is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. When I first discovered this book, it was on one of those shelves where you give a book and take a book. It was the perfect moment for this book to come into my life. So I trust that for you, maybe you're going to be in the library and it's going to pop off the shelf at you. Not literally, but you're going to see it and go, okay, there it is. It's my time. Um, Or maybe it's you just know it's your time. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay is all about self-love and about affirmations and the way you talk to yourself. The next book I want to give you is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. This one's been really popular uh, among the millennials lately. I am a, uh, an old school millennial. I was born in, or not born in, I was uh, I graduated high school in the year 2000. I really tried to keep up with y'all because <laughs> the stuff that's available to us in this generation, in this technological era is incredible. In fact, if you don't want to run out and get this book right away, you can probably search the title on YouTube and see that someone has uploaded the audiobook and Jen hasn't taken it down yet. So You Are a Badass will take you on a spiritual journey, and her writing style is so irreverent. It really makes you feel like you're talking to a friend, and it's so down to earth. So I want you to run with those two books as a starting point. 
enjoy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm like so excited for the rest of this podcast. I've already got a couple of interviews lined up. You're going to hear from my wife. You're going to hear from my business bestie, one of my business besties. You're going to hear from one of my clients. And you're going to hear from one of my favorite Twitter buddies. And actually, speaking of Twitter, if you are social savvy and you would like to come hang out with us anywhere on the interwebs, uh, search the hashtag Ambitionista. You'll find a Twitter chat on Monday nights. Super fun, super cool way to interact with the audience that I've built. Search the hashtag on Facebook and you'll find our Facebook group. Search the hashtag on Instagram and you'll find an account that's full of inspirational quotes. Search the hashtag on YouTube and you'll find a couple of uh, insightful interviews and tutorials. No matter where you find me online, please send me a private message and say hello. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to know that you heard the podcast. And that's a wrap for episode one of the Ambitionista podcast. Stick around, subscribe, and we'll see you next week.